Hello, thanks for stopping by Liberty Sessions, where we unpack one woman's entrepreneurial journey to help another woman launch her own. I'm your host, Netta Jones. Please join me as we start liberating dreams one episode at a time. Hey, Liberty listeners, welcome to part two with my conversation with Carmen of Espanolita. I love it. I feel like we should be saying ole or something. I don't know. Um, You know what? What is like a very classic Spanish um, cocktail? Um, You would have a gin and tonic any afternoon. (gasps) Uh, You know, that's my favorite. Oh, no. There we go. I'll make you a nice one. I'm halfway there. I'm halfway there. Um, So... We're going to concentrate a little bit in this second half on kind of getting your wisdom, what you've learned. I know you're, she's making a furrowed brow, but as we know from part one, there's a lot of wisdom in there, but just kind of picking your brain for anybody who's listening, regardless of what kind of business they have, what they can glean from your experience. And we're going to focus this particularly on community and, um, in the work that you're doing, you're creating community in a couple different ways. You're creating a community of artisans and you're sharing them with us. You're creating community in the retreats that you put together. And I want to dig into that a little bit more. Um, and you're also creating the intersection of community by the two people that you're bridging together, both the Spanish and the American, or I would even say English, right? Yeah, so yeah. because I know we've talked about there's Australians well. yeah, and yeah. I'm sure your your husband's people, the English people they're participating in this too. So um, one thing I want to dig into, as I said, is on the community side is we know social media has told us it's in our face every day. Like we have to be b- building community. But I think what we've learned lately is it's not enough to just send out a message. It's not enough for it to be a one-sided conversation. We have to be creating dialogue with the people that we've built our businesses for, we've we've built our brands for. What do you think you've done and what are the mediums that you've used, social media, email, whatever, blog, um, so what, what are the things that you've done to create that community and where have you created that community? Okay, first I suck at this stuff. I'm so bad. Like, but I, I don't the... even feel that I have good advice. I'm just going to tell her. No, but that's because now you're giving all the people listening permission who feel the way you feel and yet you're still doing it. Okay, yeah, Because I'm everybody thinks they've got to get all their shit together before they can launch. And that's not the reality, right? We just got to go. You just got to start. Yeah, because the struggle is part of your story, yeah. right? And the, yeah. the path, going back to the very basics of philosophy, the path is what you have to enjoy, right? Yeah. When you Sometimes you get to a result and you look back and you're like, oh. Uh, what was the that? Path, yeah, the path is just the, the, the way, yeah. right? The yeah. way to feel enlightened and, and participant on, on your own project, on your own community. But... Um, I have struggled to find advice for uh, social media. I always ask um, people who know more, like, what can I do? How do I talk? I feel like there's a lot of people interested in Espanolita and what I'm doing, but I don't necessarily engage in conversation so much. You know what mm-hmm. they call the so, so-called engagement? Mm-hmm. I'm not good at that. I can feel. Um, but definitely through Instagram, I've tried to attract people from both sides. I can see there's 
Spaniards who are starting businesses, creative artisan businesses that are interested in what I'm doing, but also the Americans are interested either by products that they see that some of the artists are making or by the experiences. So I feel the community is around the idea of Spanishness Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. what I call Spanishness um, from both sides. But going again to that idea of everybody has this connection to nature, connection connection to your roots, connection to traditions. So it's like every, anybody that is appeals, uh, the, the, whose idea this appeals to, mm-hmm. um, can be interested in, in, well, in and so the community. For, for you, community, a lot of it is, is curation, right? You're constantly through... I don't like that word anymore, I know, but yes. I know, because it's overused <laughs> yeah. and... But just forgive me. I'm gonna I'm gonna use it because I think it articulates. And can we do we have another word? Can we find another word? Well, for me, it's really finding and gathering. Okay, so the people. finding and gathering of the people, um, again, the artisans, but also the people that are interested through your eye. Mm-hmm. So again, we talked about it's not all Spaniards. Or you don't just have to be Spanish to be featured, right? No. You you have to kind of abide by, if you will, certain standards that are of value to you. Mm -hmm. So people who are following you on Instagram are following you. They're following your idea of what is a find, what is something that should be looked at, investigated, um, checked out, purchased, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So we begin to trust you as a voice. So is, would you say that's been part of how you've created community? Yes, that's been part for sure. And, um, but there's something that I find so true. It's like, it doesn't matter how many Instagram people, you need to make the connections personally. Yeah. Because so many people seem so supportive on social media. And when you meet them in person, you're just so disappointed. You're like, seriously? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were so much more. Yeah. You sounded so cool on your Instagram account and you are really a mess. I don't want to hang with you. (laughs) Well, no. And and we, we've been talking about that. Like what is the value of that in real life community building? And so let's talk about the retreats and taking people into your Spain, into Carmen's Spain. What is, what is for you the, the value of that. You're showing them Spain and and you're showing, but you're showing them Spain in some ways, some would say through featuring these people, what happens? What's the difference between the magic of showing them all these artisans versus, I mean, I think we know, but I want to hear you articulate what happens when you get them all in Spain, in a room and by design, you've created this week. So they are blown away because it's a, like a multi-sensorial yeah. experience where I'm offering them the sounds, the colors, the textures, the tastes, the everything of what I love about Spain. So, you know, I rent these properties that are out of this world, like yeah. insanely beautiful. They're insane for me that I'm a Spaniard and I've grown up going to these places, but they're insanely beautiful for me. That yeah. in itself is inspiring. But when you bring a group of people that don't know each other, that they're all thrilled about the idea, but they don't really know what they're getting, and you feed them with passion and with mm. love from products that you've taken weeks and months to get to because you've been contacting these providers and makers for weeks. You've been making the menus with my culinary partner, Deborah, for weeks. Yeah. We've been seeing what... She's featured on the site, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, 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 she is. Um, and um, it's just like a 
360 experience. And then we sit them at the beautiful table, which I take so much effort in making beautiful. And they're all from either brands that support us or things that we like steal from our family's heirlooms mm -hmm. or we go to their houses and like get the plates <laughs> and they, you know, just, yeah. we make them just beautiful, but not beautiful just for the sake of being beautiful, just because it's just going to elevate the whole experience because mm -hmm. you're going to feel that the linen is linen and the, you know, the glass is it. There's no plastic, obviously. There's yeah. nothing like that. Everything's just, and then we take them through an itinerary that is really an artisanal culinary immersion, but in a way that the culture comes through. It's not just there because it's pretty and it's mm -hmm. gorgeous and the ceramic artist is amazing. It's because you working with your hands and waking up this morning with the birds and eating this beautiful food and having a cocktail overlooking the sea, it's just going to transform you. Right. And um, and those around you and you're sharing that experience. And I'm there with them. I'm hosting them. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling them. We make mm -hmm. changes sometimes last minute because I can I can feel the energy of the group. And I'm like, OK, well, we're not going to do this. We're going to do that. They need three cocktails. This is a three cocktail group, <laughs> always, not a always, one cocktail group. Yeah. But, but I, I think what I'm trying to inspire in them is is. Uh, to allow themselves to be a little bit quiet, step away from their daily life, just spark a little bit of a different way of mm -hmm. seeing life and things. And sometimes is it helps in their creative careers or whatever their careers are, sometimes in their relationships, sometimes because it just like gives you a little bit of fresh air in your soul yeah. and space and room to think. And we were talking about earlier how the walls are so thick in some of these beautiful old buildings that you can't get cell reception, yeah. which is a bonus. No cell right? reception, <laughs> sometimes Wi-Fi. Yeah, <laughs> which I think is part of, it's interesting. It, it's the antithesis in some ways of when we talk about community creation right now, we automatically think digital. And, and we automatically also think that we're talking to each other. And what you've just said is, my community that I bring together on these retreats, they individually have time to reflect and mm -hmm. to go deep. Mm -hmm. And and, and the, the, what am I trying to say? The impact of that as a group is that it's a shared, exactly independent experience. Exactly. Yeah. But the, I know how the guests um, are talking to each other and what they say to each other, because I always ask and nose around and I want to see what they feel. But it's exactly that. They flip at an individual, individual level where they're really transformed. But together, these people that don't know each other, they just become so close and share so much of yeah. their own lives. And I think that's refreshing without, we're not Instagrammers, we're not influencers. We're just all here together. Yeah. We've paid to come on this trip and we're just enjoying ourselves, the company, the wine, the moment, the thing. And I just inspire them to have their own romantic story with Spain and the traditions I love there. That. I love that the agenda is to be present. Yeah. Like that's the agenda. Yeah. Go and nap. There's siesta scheduled in the oh itinerary. Okay. So let's <laughs> stop this podcast and go. Let's just, <laughs> let's just go right to LAX right now, you and me. Um, so I think a lot of us, when we talk about kind of building community, and you just said something earlier with regard to the influencer. So when we're building communities and our communities reflect our brand, okay, so I'm going to paint a little scenario here. Let's say somebody's doing um, a, a conference and there's going to be somebody there taking lots of pictures. And we want to make sure the pictures that are taken reflect the brand so that 
we have proof of concept for next year when we want to, we want to invite more people to come to our conference and we want more people that are like that. And like that doesn't necessarily mean that they look a certain way or are a certain age, but they just communicate something that is in line with our brand. So, and this all seems very gross and like marketing driven and, but there is the opposite can happen when we project something that isn't actually who we are or isn't a reflection of who we are. So what do you think our listeners can do to begin to create that sort of loyal and, uh, you know, nurtured brand and following, but to somewhat ensure that the people that are following them are in line with the brand. Are you following what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. Um, You know, it's unavoidable to get weird people to follow you. I mean, I'm one of them. So yeah, I know. (laughs) But but I, I just think there's, there's just too much noise out there. It's almost like we're all having to have a message and with everything. There's just Mm -hmm. too much of the mainstream, right? Mm -hmm. There's just too much of that. And I find it exhausting when everybody's saying the same thing. Mm. I find it really unrefreshing and like, ugh, same. Why are we all talking about the same thing? Because now it's a trend or now it's a thing. I can't take it. And maybe what's even (laughs) the value of saying um, the same thing? Is it, are you sending a message to your viewership saying I am in agreement with are you truly adding value like, like I don't what want is... to be left out of this conversation yeah. but we don't all have to talk about mm. the same issues to feel part of the now right or the present or right. what's happening right now I think different people find throughout their lives different truths right and you're able to collaborate or contribute to an idea or a concept but if you have something meaningful to say, if you're just saying it to follow a trend or it's, sure. it's just I, I'm not worth it for so, me. So I, think, I, think, I don't know. So what you would say is like for you to put out content, put what's meaningful. Exactly. And the hope is that it will attract that kind of person. So yeah. as we see, let's go back to the example of the conference. So if you're putting out content that really is reflective of you, then somehow the people who are drawn to it are going to reflect and that that's as well. What, that's what the experts say all the time yeah. as well. When, you, when you're clear about your message, because you know when this blogger explosion happened and yeah. everybody was cooking and entertaining and crafting for the kids' parties and yeah. blah, 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 everything. You had to yeah. be doing everything. I felt everything. like I missed out on the yeah. like floral head wreath thing. I was like, <laughs> I, am I supposed to make one? Am I too old? I'm not sure what's happening. Yeah. That same concept yeah. idea. Yeah. And it's like, why do we all have to do the same? Exactly the opposite. Go back to who you really are. What makes you unique? Mm-hmm. The only thing in this space that's ma- that's making me unique, and there's so many people doing retreats and curated sure. travel and da 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 Your favorite word, right? Yeah. Um, the only thing that makes me different is that I'm a Spaniard and that I'm I'm a Spaniard in LA. I've been here for, you know, almost 12 years now. And I know both sides. Mm-hmm. I've been able to like, depurate, uh, like clean up my concept of Spain. But I'm also, I have been able to know what the American wants. So it's not that I'm trying to make a message. I'm just talking what I feel because that's exactly what I am. Unfortunately, I can't like, you know, mold myself to Mm -hmm. sound better or worse. I just, what my passion is or what my voice is, I think is unique. But it took me so long to figure out that my 
point of difference was to be Spaniard and acknowledge that, that, you know, I just lost so much energy and time figuring that out. I wanted to be like, oh, I want to be like all these LA people. No, I don't. I'm actually not that. And you can tell like right away as you see me, <laughs> listen to me. It's I'm the not... most charming. Well, you say Actually, that, the most but... charming part of you is who you are. <laughs> but the fact that you're Spanish, the fact that you have the experiences that you have had in Spain, share those experiences, have the curated, sorry, I uh, is, is, it's such a natural part of who you are. It's amazing to me that it took you any time to figure that out. But what that says to me is that there's all these people, all these listeners out there that haven't identified that. I loved when you said, go back to your childhood, go back to something that makes you unique. Um, you know, the, whether it's the grandma's jam or the quilting or whatever, you may not even realize that that's something that is a point of differentiation. You may believe that didn't everybody have that growing up and and we didn't, and we need to hear that story and we need, and we want to know who you are. Cause there's, there's a lot of, um, archetypes out there. And I think what we've done is we've tried to kind of find our archetype mm -hmm. and fit into that versus like, there's room for me. There's room for who I am. In between am. all those archetypes, I might be something else. Yes, yes. And I think as a brand, because we're talking about entrepreneurship here, as a brand and as a business, it's the same. Who That needs to come out in who you are. And, Definitely. And, and I think it's often the thing that we don't think is our differentiator because we're so close to it. It's so much a part of who we are that we don't realize yeah. that it's, I was doing a, I was doing a podcast, um, a few weeks ago and, um, no, for, forgive me. This was something else. This, I was doing an interview and for, um, a written piece and somebody said, um, she said, what, what makes you, is there anything I should know about you? before we end. It was the last thing. And I thought, what? A, I don't know how to answer this question. Um, I used to have a gap in my teeth. I don't know. I don't like, I couldn't think of what it was. And I said, yeah. And it was weird that it, as I was saying, I was like, what am I going to say? I'm, I'm saying this with such authority, but it was, I'm Egyptian and I'm 50. And I, and, and what I said, I didn't say I'm Egyptian. I said, I'm, um, my parents were immigrants. I'm the child of immigrants. I myself am technically an immigrant. And for, for the entrepreneurial story, one of the few things that I still think makes the American dream what it is in this very clouded social climate that we're in and political climate that we're in, I felt like that was still a silver lining in the American dream that we still can be entrepreneurial men and women. Um, and then the 50 was, I felt like that was something we hadn't been paying attention to, that this is a, a, an awesome opportunity to pivot and to take all that experience. But it was interesting. I had to be, that's been part of my story. That's not new information. But I was like, that's, that's the difference. Those things are the difference yeah. and lean into those yeah. things. But, you know, they're we a part of who I am. I didn't think that they but were that, that that's, unique. That's the thing. We try to fit in yeah. because what's popular and what we see people following are these archetypes that right. we're talking about. We're not that. We're all unique. Yeah. It's going back to also the idea of what what are you passionate about? What are you, what do you know more? You know, what 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 is that little thing that nobody else knows about that you can you bring can to work? And also the responsibility of creating something for this world. Yeah. If we just close ourselves, you know, we're not 
Absolutely. Share what you have to share with the world. It goes back to what your creative consultant <laughs> said. I mean, really, that you have more. She saw that in you, that you but have more all, to share. We all have sure. more. Absolutely. It's a path. And I think, again, around this concept of community, that when we show up authentically, we allow other people to show up authentically. We've, we give them permission by leading, by example. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's great to have a fan base. And you've, I think you're the opposite of this, where you haven't concerned yourself with fan base, popularity, becoming an influencer. You've really concerned yourself with being truly authentic, not the, not the quotation mark, like uh, air quote authentic <laughs> that, that goes around so much. <laughs> But um, at the end of the day, we all we also have to convert that following into some sort of monetization because we're doing this as a business, right? Mm-hmm. Now, if you're doing it as a hobby or you're starting a movement or something, that's a difference. For you, as you're creating this community and as you're trying to mobilize this, you know, this love of Spain and Americans in particular... Um, you're, you're having to figure out how to reach out to those people. And our listeners are like, yes, Carmen, how do you do it? How do you reach out? How do you build community without it being obvious that you're just trying to sell and push product and push your retreat? Again, I am not very sure that I'm doing this correctly, but the way I'm doing it is sharing, uh, images of Spain through Instagram. Um, but Hooked, uh, attached to the feeling of what mm. it feels to be in that cove or why it's so amazing to see the sunset over this hill or just why, 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 what does it feel like? Mm. And um, and I reach out, I try to do one post a day on Instagram and then the newsletters, which I'm terrible with, mm-hmm. but that's where I tell more about the journey of building the experience or hey, I've added this new trip. Mm-hmm. Are you interested? Call me with any questions. Let me know. So really that, Instagram and... And, and so it letters. sounds like you just keep sharing bits of what you've experienced, yeah. bits of what the retreat are. And so it it at the end of the day will sell itself is what you're relying on. Or do you ever have very direct shout outs like, hey, my community on Instagram sign up for yeah i do i do that okay. kind of messaging too i just feel horrible about saying it five times hey selling out only two spots left three spots left sure. come on you know does it work uh sometimes you know it's always there when somebody else talks about you sure that has a little bit more of a following it normally works better um again i don't feel that i'm engaging too well with my audience. So I'm figuring it out. Figuring it out. So I want everybody who's listening to hear that Carmen has a business. It, she's been making trips. She's been curating, finding, sorry, um, finding these different artisans. She's been going for it and she's sitting in studio saying, I don't feel like I figured it out. So this gives us all permission to just keep moving forward. And by the way, it looks like you figured it out on the outside. So um, darling, thank you. (laughs) um, What, what we, we talked a little bit um, earlier about sort of apps and third party platforms and things like that, that you're using. We, we've heard you say that for your community building, it's a newsletter and it's Instagram, anything you use to keep organized with your two babies, anything that you're doing. For me, essential is the 
paper calendar and yeah. the notebook because I sketch like one day I, one day I'm sketching another day I'm making a list and yeah I go through white notebooks quite often oh, but that's okay. it that's it and maybe one app Trello on on mm-hmm. yeah I organize my some pictures on that if I need to share them with somebody but I'm very chaotic. And then what about on Instagram with sharing your pictures? Do you use Planoly or anything like that? No. Just one at a time. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, it's not about that. Sometimes I don't post for four days and I don't know what to say because I'm like down those days and I just, like, oh, I just don't want to say anything. I know, but some of those days are so hard. I'm like (sighs) sitting at eight o'clock saying, well, I don't have anything to say. At least you have a schedule. I don't even have a schedule. Well, that's pretty loose. That's a loose interpretation of schedule. I'm not the only chaotic person here. No, no. So we talked a little bit about in the first half, in the first part of the interview, about you giving advice to yourself, a little wisdom to yourself and looking back at a, a, a younger Carmen who was setting out to be an entrepreneur. What do you want to say to our listeners? What's a piece of advice you want to say to them around community, around starting up, around don't give up, don't give up, change the color of the towel? What What is it that well, you want to say? That, like start up, yeah. keep going and don't be afraid to change along the way because we are all changing humans and your personal circumstances can change, your... Mm-hmm. Emotional, everything can just transform you and can make you into something else. And that's okay. Accept the change, acknowledge it and keep going because tomorrow you might want to have a nine to five job sitting down at an office and looking at a computer. You might want to have that. But just not today. Or you know, it's just life's too changing and too short again. I go, is that do it. Do it. Whatever it it is, just do it. Don't be scared. You don't have to prove anything. Just prove it to yourself, but be happy every day. Yeah. I love that. Thank you, Carmen, (laughs) for that. So we're not letting you go yet. There's um, a part of our interview that we end with called the quick six. So I'm going to just ask you six questions. They're just fun. Um, And answer the first thing that comes to mind. So do you prefer a nine to five or a flex schedule? No. (laughs) No. No. If you could see her right now in the studio, she's like frowning now. Um, but when we say flexible, that doesn't mean like two hours a day. Sometimes you're working late at night as a mom and yeah, it's all, I'm, yeah. I'm okay with doing 20 hours a yeah, day. It's uh, just I in just, between. I can't, and I'm, and I'm okay with one day, nine to five and the other day. I just cannot, I can't do the same thing every day. I yeah. cannot. That's the only thing. Yeah. It's a, something I, I, we heard, um, I think our last interview, the entrepreneur said nine to five and it was one of the few times I heard that, Good but her business them. partner said flex. So somehow they've come up with, it was a, it it's was good to two have women. a partner. Yes, oh. yes, yes. <laughs> um, and do you prefer vacationing in the mountains or the beach? If we can find mountains by the beach, that's the Oh, thing. see, now you're enticing us. There, there's, there's your community building right there. Yeah, you're inviting us. that is us. in Mallorca, by the way. Of course it is. Of course it is. <laughs> and then do you prefer working from an office or home? Um Home was great until I had the second child and now yeah, I need I to get go somewhere. But the office environment annoys me. So anywhere that's not going to be the same for the whole year, yeah. I'm happy. To. You're happy with the change is a theme <laughs> the with change, you. It's change, a theme. Yeah. Um, and then do you prefer working alone or with a team? I love teamwork and films are teamwork and my retreats are teamwork. And I ha- I have that's had to need help from different people to yeah. help me. But um there's something magical that I'm discovering as about my loneliness and my time to get inspired. That is yeah. an alone time. The brainstorming yeah. and the blah, 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 blah comes later, but I, I, the alone time is when ideas spark and I love that now. Yeah. 
I, I love that too. Mm. So I, I agree with that. Mm. Um, I feel bad asking this question. It's the hardest question I think there is, but I feel like we have to add Spanish. Do you prefer Thai or Mexican food? Um, because I'm a traveler yeah. and I like to explore, I would say both. I haven't been to Thailand though. I want to go. to Cambodia and yeah. other places around China and so on, but I've never been anything exotic because when you grow up in Spain, you only eat Spanish yeah. food. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even a good really? foreign restaurant. Yeah. Now it's starting to, but really bad Mexican food, Thai, so-so. It's, it's, so for me, it's anything exotic is lovely. Okay. And does it have to be spicy? I don't like spice. Okay. Uh, yeah, Spanish food. You like spice but not heat or you don't like no spice? Heat, no okay, heat, no spice heat. Spice, Spanish food from Spain is it's very flavorful, flavorful. but yeah. not hot as in, yeah. yeah. It's the same with Egyptian. There's a yeah. lot of flavor, but it's not necessarily hot. There's exactly. a few things. I, I love hot. So if I can find hot, I'll, I'll take it. So um, as you know, this podcast is Liberty Sessions and our brand is Liberty. Our URL is libertyforher.com. And our hope is that through telling these stories, just like you were able to share with us today, we're liberating women to consider their own possibilities. And um, so I have to ask you, what does it mean for you, Carmen, to be liberated? Um, I guess that as women, I feel we're super powerful. Mm. And if we can make children and build businesses and everything, we're just already very powerful, mm -hmm. right? So now let's take that energy and use it to find a real us mm. that without any limits or any preset ideas, what, how can you be you? Just find that. That for me is liberty, whatever mm. that means. Okay. So Carmen is next on Oprah for Super Soul Sunday. I don't know how we got her, but thank you so much thank you. for sharing your story, for sharing your heart, for sharing your wisdom. It has been an absolute joy to be uh, in a room with you. And Liberty listeners, check out um, all the show notes. We'll have everything that Carmen mentioned, but please check out Espanolita. Dot net. Dot net. Yeah. I, I was like, it's not .com, which is it? <laughs> I know, somebody uh, else has that. <laughs> no, no, dot .net, dot .net. But again, we'll have everything in the show notes. And until next week, we'll see you later. Bye. Liberty Sessions is broadcast on all platforms, Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe, rate, and review Liberty Sessions on Apple Podcast. It helps us to know if these episodes are inspiring and equipping you to launch and grow your own ventures. You can also find us every day on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Liberty For Her. And please leave a comment using the hashtag Liberty Sessions. We want to hear your thoughts, suggestions, and brilliant ideas. Liberty Sessions is produced by Netta Jones and Elizabeth Windham and music by Jordan Flower. 